All right, we're back to podcast. I want to jump right in to the lesson tonight, and um, I want to do so um, based on uh, the upcoming holiday. I told you I'd be talking on Sunday, a mighty fortress is our God. But um, I want to change it up a little bit tonight based on the fourth coming up. And I want to go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And as I do so, and I'll make more comments about about July the 4th on, on Sunday morning. It'll kind of be our theme. Uh, or Independence Day will be our theme uh, tonight as well as um, Sunday morning especially. But I, I, I really wanted to... Uh, bring this message out for you. I, it's a, it is a message that I've, I've preached before. In fact, it was years ago uh, when I was preaching through the Psalms and working on my doctorate through the Psalms. Um, this is a transcript of uh, my uh, my message that I preached, and it's it's been a long time ago. None, none of you have heard it. Um, well, some some maybe that listen from manual will have heard it, uh, but I want to go through this tonight, just in lieu and in light of um, upcoming weekend that we're going to have and the Monday holiday, and uh, I, I just I want us to be mindful of the freedoms, and the liberties that we have. It's not a perfect nation. Uh, it's not been perfect in our in our history. A lot of bad. Uh, decisions have have went about, and a lot of things have taken place that that maybe aren't so uh, proud. Of, we're not so proud of, but we still have freedom, and liberty to be able to teach and preach the Word of God. And as Christians, that is that that's what we're here for. That's why. The, many, many came, and it's not why everyone come. I know many come in search of gold and come in search of a new land and in, in independence from. But the vast majority came from for independence uh, initially, independence of England, whether it be religious or whether it be uh, just the taxation. They wanted an independent nation. And I can appreciate that. I've got an independent nature. And so, just based on that, I want to go to a story tonight. It's going to be my backdrop. It's going to be my background. It's going to be an illustration in what I'm teaching on from Psalm 91. We're just reading four verses. And I'm teaching on the hiding place. And we're going to get into it in just a moment. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. The year was 1939. On September the 1st of that year, Adolf Hitler, with his 
German army invaded Poland with the desired effect of beginning what will eventually be known as World War II. The motive behind this demon-possessed madman was actually twofold. Number one, it was to overtake all of Europe through his powerful Nazi army. Number two, it was to eliminate every Jew and quote-unquote Jew sympathizer from off the face of the earth through a horrendous method called ethnic cleansing. The first phase of World War II was dominated by German blitzkrieg tactics that led to within one year the fall of every nation on the continent of Europe with the exception of Great Britain. All throughout Europe, Jews were rounded up and put into concentration camps and therein endured horrors totally unimaginable to, to the human mind outside of demon possession itself. However, not only were Jews arrested, so were many Gentiles that dared to help a Jew find a safe haven. An old man by the name of Tin Boom, who ran a watchmaking business in Holland with his two daughters, Corey and Betsy, lived in a house there in his native Harlem, Holland. And to the outside world and to the German police, better known as the Gestapo, that was now running the entire nation of Holland, all seemed fine with the shop and the home. However, in this house, a fake wall with a secret entryway into it had been erected. From Corey's bedroom wall, this secret hiding place was totally unnoticeable. They had workmen erect this wall in their home for the purpose of providing a place of refuge and comfort for Jews, hoping somehow to escape the horrors of Hitler's regime. You see, not only were the Tim Booms watchmakers, they were also born-again Christians with a heart and a passion for souls as well as for the apple of God's eye of the Jewish people. Every day that they had lived, they looked at it as an opportunity to serve God and the war would not change that. On February the 28th, 1944, with the help of a tip from an informant, the Germans raided the Tim Boone home. They turned over tables, bashed in cupboards, almost completely wrecked the home and arrested the entire Tin Boom family and sent them all to German concentration camps. But through the providence of a sovereign God, they never found the hiding place. And the Jews that were in the Tin Boom home during the raid, all of them escaped freely. I'll pick this up at the conclusion of the message, but I now want you to look at the first verse of Psalm 91. With the help of the Lord, I want to totally just break this verse down and not really go beyond it, maybe to verse 2, but I want you to look at the term secret in verse number 1. The term secret here means a covering, and it's translated as protection, or more specifically, it's translated as a hiding place. I want to look at, at it one more time. He that dwelleth in the secret place or the hiding place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. For the next little bit this evening, I'm going to teach on that subject, the hiding place. We have a hiding place. We as the people of God, as children of God, have a hiding place. No matter what we face, no matter what goes on around us, we're certainly not facing what the Jews during Nazi Germany faced. Not at this point anyway, but we have a hiding place no matter what we do face. We, we don't know what will happen. We don't know what the future holds between now and the rapture till now and the time that Jesus steps out and calls us home. 
But until then, until then, we have a hiding place. Now, as we get into this, I, there's no doubt who the penman of this psalm is, okay? And, and we know that by uh, just reading some of the wording. And it's, it's through the providential and sovereign hand of God that it's Moses. Moses is the penman. David, of course, we know penned most of the psalms. But the occasional psalm you'd find of Moses and the sons of Korah and different ones writing some of the psalms. But this one, this one's by Moses. And it's important in the fact that we're, we're making reference to the Jewish people tonight in, in Moses being the penman of this psalm, for he was the emancipator of Israel. He was the one that led them out of Egyptian bondage. It was God that gave him the power and God that called him but it was Moses that God used. And that being the case, it's Moses that's the penman of this psalm, the one that the Holy Ghost inspired to write these words that we're going to talk about this evening. First of all, let's look at the doctrine of the hiding place. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, we're commanded to pray without ceasing. Now what that means is to live in a, in a state of a constancy of the spirit and the attitude and the heart longing with communication of our Lord. Now, the reference here is to the tabernacle that was erected by Moses or under Moses' leadership under the direction of Christ or under the direction of God himself. And remembering that the tabernacle is always a picture of Jesus Christ throughout it. you got to remember all these... Um, Old Testament analogies and accounts, they're all pictures and foreshadows of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look at the access here, first of all. He that dwelleth. Now the term dwelleth here means to sit down. It means to continue, to endure, to inhabit, to keep house. That's what the term dwelleth means. You see, the difference that we have and what that Old Testament priest had is simply this. The Old Testament priest had access one time a year to go into the holiest of holies and, of course, to, you know, to atone for the sins. You and I have the access to constantly abide, to live in. And that's what the command from Jesus in John chapter 15 was, to live in him and he to live in us. And you'll find that in, there's six different places in, in the Hebrew hymn book, this, the Psalms, to the secret place. It's always a reference to the mercy seat. And the, the mercy seat is simply a propitiation. And that's what the Word of God tells us, that He is the propitiation of our sins. Not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Now, two things about this holy place, two things about this hiding place. Number one, there was power. What do you mean? Well, that is where the Shekinah glory of God was. The power of God. When you read of the Shekinah glory, that is the powerful glory of God. That's the, the, the God that, that can move in power and work in power that's above and beyond human imagination. And number two, not only power, but protection. You remember in Genesis 3, 4, 
It was the cherubim and a flaming sword that guarded the each side of the tree of life. Well, guess what's erected at both ends of the mercy seat? Looking at the blood, two cherubims. It's the place where we have power and we have protection. He that dwelleth. He that has... It, man, that's so good. That's so... You can't make this up. That's the strength of the Word of God and what it means to us. And dwelling in Him gives us power, the Shekinah glory, and it gives us protection. Those two cherubims on either side of that mercy seat where the blood is applied are there, ladies and gentlemen, to protect you and I. And that's where we dwell. That's where we live. That's where we stay. Number two, not only the access, but the availability of this place. To abide means to stop in and stay permanently under the shadow. Now, a shadow, ladies and gentlemen, would be to hover in defense, to hang over in defense, to shadow something. So, look at it. He that dwelleth, that means to stay permanently in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. You see the availability there to abide, to stop in and stay under the shadow of the Almighty. That means to hover in one's defense. Now I see the authority. I want you to look in verse number two. Look in verse number two. Five personal references. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Do you see that right there? Five personal references to you and I of what God is for us. He is available. We have access. We have authority. Look at the authority there. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Five. That number of grace, five times in that verse, we've got mentioned that he is our God. I, I'm, I hope he is your Lord. I hope he's your refuge. I hope he's your fortress. I hope he's your God. I hope that you can trust in him. But above all of that, I'm thankful that he's mine. I have him personally. I ha I, I'm happy for anyone that's got access. But there's times that I've got to have him personally. That is a personal God. That's something that no other religion can claim. That's something that no other religion can, can tap into. That's something that they don't even take to that level. But you and I as Christians have a personal relationship with the very God that created us. That's the beauty of this thing, folks. It's not just saved from hell. It's not just a ticket out of hell. It is a personal relationship. I will say of the Lord, 
He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. Five times mentioned there. That's our authority. Now, not only do we see the doctrine of the hiding place, let's, let's talk about the description of the hiding place. What is this place? What's it like? What does it consist of? I mean, Corey Timboom's hiding place had four walls. Well, what was the holy place like? What about ours? It's him. It's in him, folks. You see, in the tabernacle, it was erected. It had badger skins. It had tent poles. It was a tent, basically. Our hiding place is in him. It's in God himself through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Look at the attributes first of all. You'll notice in these Psalms that we, we talk a lot about the attributes of God. What God is, what he consists of, what makes God up. And as we look at this, there's, there's three things that you focus on concerning the attributes of God. Number one, it's his omnipotence. His omnipotence. Okay, that would be his all-powerful ability. Secondly, would be his omnipresence. That means he can be everywhere at once. And then finally, his omniscience. That means he's all-knowing. Now, notice here in these two verses, we have four names that describe these attributes of our God. Look with me. Verse 1 of Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the, look, most high. Now, the term most high, we, we get translated from the Hebrew word elion, E-L-Y-O-N. Now, that term would mean possession. And 36 times in the Bible, we find that God is called this name. It means the possessor of heaven and earth. That's why it's called here the most high, translated from the word elion. So that means he possesses the whole heavens and the whole earth. So yeah, I would say he's got the whole world in his hands. Then, how, how about that for a hiding place, by the way? If he possesses it all, we hide in him. Now, Psalm 37 and 25, I, I, you don't have to go there, but it's one of my favorite verses in all the scriptures. I have been young, and now I'm old, yet not have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging bread. I used to quote that when I was a young man. Now, I'm kind of a middle-aged man. I'm not really old. don't feel old. But I'm not as young as I used to be. I have, at the time I started quoting that verse, at the time I started quoting Psalm 37, 25, I had, had a... Not the easiest path, but definitely not the most difficult. I hadn't faced the things that I would one day face. I hadn't went through the things that I would one day go through. But I quoted that verse nonetheless. Now, 28, 29 years later, I've been through those things. been through a lot of things. And I faced some bleak times. But I can still say that I've been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. No matter what I lost, no matter what I went through, no matter what I faced, 
I've never begged for bread, and I never was forsaken. What a God. He owns it all. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The flowers, the lilies, the, the, the birds, everything I talked about Sunday, it's all an act of God. Well, because he's almighty, watch this. The almighty, verse 1, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. So we go from him being the Most High to now the shadow of the Almighty. Well, just as the Most High, the term Most High, comes from Elion, the term Almighty comes from Shaddai, El Shaddai. Now, that means provision. So, in other words, what, what he is, what he has... He's the possessor of everything. But because he's the possessor of everything, he has made us heirs of God and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. So that means all that he owns, all that he has, he has made us a joint heir to. That's El Shaddai. So he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, the possessor, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now we're joint heirs with him. Man, this is it gets better. That's where we are. That's the hiding place. That's the protection we have. Now I see the Lord. Go to verse 2. I will say of the Lord. The term Lord means Jehovah. And it's our promise. Now this was the greatest name for God among the Hebrews, the Lord. We still use it. We we don't say Shaddai much, or we we don't say Almighty much, and we you know we don't say uh, the Most High much, but we do say the Lord. It's probably a, a, a very good reason why the Lord has gotten passed on, because it was the greatest name of of the, of God in the Old Testament. And it's the one used among, most among the Hebrews. And this is the I am, the unchangeable. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the promise among his people. He said, I am unchangeable, for I am the Lord, I change not. Quit dividing God. Quit splitting God up. Yes, I'm a dispensationalist. God deals with us differently at different time periods. And if you're not a dispensationalist, you're not much of a Bible believer. We're not Israel. Quit trying to make America Israel. America's not Israel. America is not... You got that? America is not Israel. So God has obviously changed how he deals with man throughout time periods. That's dispensations. However, God has not changed. He has not changed. For I am the Lord, I change not. Then we go now to verse number 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Now we see my God. Now that means Elohim. Or that's what we where we get that word God from, Elohim. And that means power. God the Creator. Now this term in the Hebrew always occurs in the plural followed by singular acts. Here's what I mean. 
It works because God is three in one. So it's a plural term. The Elohim. Anyone doesn't believe in the Trinity, they don't even know the very definition of God. Elohim is a plural Hebrew word. So when you got the term God, it's really a plural term from its direct translation. Three and one. 2,700 times in the Bible. And the first time mentioned is in creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now that is the attributes of the hiding place. Now, his ability. Look at verse 1 and verse number 4. Verse 1 Verse number four, remember the reference to the covering under the mercy seat. The term shadow here is is used. Now, there's different different needs represented under under my voice this evening. Different different needs represented in your lives. Now, I mean I've got different needs than you, and you've got different needs than me, but we've got a promise that my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. Verse 1, the word shadow is used. Then verse 4, we've got it again. Okay? Well, it says in verse 4, it goes to cover. He that shall cover thee with thy feathers under his wings shalt thou trust. Now, four times, four times you'll see the reference to the shadow. Number one, you'll see Isaiah 32 and 2, a shadow of refuge. The Bible says, And a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Now the rock, the shadow of a rock, is thicker and more cooler than any other. That's the peace that passeth all understanding. No beams can penetrate through a rock shadow. Number two, the shadow of rest. The Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse number three, set down under his shadow, the apple tree, the fruitfulness, the blessings, the pleasing of us. Then Psalm 63 and seven, that is the shadow of rescue. I'll read that for you quickly. Let me get there. Psalm 63 and 7, the shadow of rescue. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Then the shadow of readiness, Isaiah 49 and 2. Isaiah 49 and 2, the shadow of readiness. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword, in the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver hath he hid me. The shadow of readiness. He uses those that are in his hand. Okay? So we've seen the doctrine of the hiding place. We've seen the description of the hiding place. Now let's talk about the deliverance of the hiding place. I want to go back to Psalm 91. Let's read this. Starting in verse number 1, He delivers us through trials. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Through all our trials, 
he'll deliver us. Not only all our trials, but all our terrors. Look in verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Anybody ever had night terrors? My son used to have night terrors. After, after, you know, everything had happened, and I guess maybe as a result of lack of security, you know, with, with his mom leaving, he'd wake up at night, night terrors, and I would hold him. I would just hold him as tight as I could. He'd scream and cry and kick until he woke up and seen his daddy. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the error that flieth by day. Night can be a scary thing. Darkness can be a scary thing. And then you wake up and you can actually see what comes against you. The Bible says we should not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Verse 10, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And number three, the temptations. Verse 11 and verse 12, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. He delivers us in our trials, verses 1 through 4. He delivers us in our terrors, verses 5 through 10. And He delivers us in our temptations, verses 11 and 12. The beauty in this is it's not an occasional visit. Verse number 1 says it's a constant abiding place. He that dwelleth in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, back to the ten booms. Time wouldn't permit me this evening to recount the events that are recorded in the life of Corey Ten Boom. Her bi her biography is readily available. You can you can pick it up probably for ninety nine cents. But the hiding place. Corey's father died two weeks into imprisonment. He was old, he was frail, he was weak, he, he wasn't able to withstand it. As she and Betsy endured the prison, she was able to snuggle a, smuggle a Bible in without ever getting searched. She used it to read and she used it to witness. You see, they had to, had to sleep in barracks infested with fleas. So the guards, due to the fleas, would not enter. She had a small bottle of liquid vitamins that lasted the entire stay. She even gave it to the others, and she referenced the widow woman in her oil in 2 Kings chapter 4. As she was beaten, she thought of her Savior. Her most hated ritual was the medical examinations, completely naked. And the Holy Ghost of God reminded her that they stripped him as well. And she thanked him. So finally this evening, let me read you a quick excerpt from her autobiography titled The Hiding Place. While Corey was in prison and during the time when her sister was not with her, she would amuse herself with the ants in the cracks of the floor. One day there had been much commotion in the dorm and as she looked down she did not see her ants. 
She dropped her crackers, but they did not come. And here was her quote in that German prison. I kept my eyes on the ant hole, hoping for a last visit from my small friends, but they did not appear. Probably I had frightened them by my early dashing about. I reached in to the pillowcase, took one of the crackers, crumbled it about the little crack, and no ants. They were staying safely hidden. And suddenly I realized that this too was a message. A last wordless communication among neighbors. For I too had a hiding place when things were bad. Jesus was this place the rock left for me. Rock of ages left for me. really felt the need to teach this tonight it's um it's moved me just with the time of year all that we face all that we go through i wanted you to be reminded this evening that we have a hiding place good night god bless you i love each one of you be faithful on sunday and i hope we'll have a great day in the lord Remember, Bible study in person starts back on Wednesday nights, I believe the 27th or right there around that time. And uh, just bear with us through these vacations and we'll be, we'll be back together every, every Wednesday or as many Wednesdays as possible. I love each of you. Good night. God bless.